if you don't have the budget, I would say you need to sit down and write a blog a week yourself. Like that's just get that in your habit. Uh, but if you have a little bit more of a budget, maybe you want to hire a writer to help you produce a blog a week. Um, caveat on hiring writers, make sure they're good. Make sure it's English. Uh, and if you are want to save some money, you can hire a blog researcher that may be at a cheaper price point, maybe a, in a uh, you know, developing country where you can get uh, writers for a little bit cheaper. But then you are also going to have to hire an editor to turn uh, it into actual American English. Uh, I've seen some people do that. So that's a pretty good tip there. It'll save you a little bit of money on your blog writing. Or if you don't want to deal with that many people, just hire one good writer. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson. Hey, wanted to take a second and talk about Gay Lisby and Gary Ray's Amazon seller tribe and their daily lists that are put out um, and incredible stories that you can read if you go out and check out uh, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. I know that's a lot to put in there. Amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum dash arbitron. And you're going to get 14 day free trial. No money risk. No, no challenges. You don't want it when you're done. You get out. But imagine getting a list, um, as Greg Fellows like to call it, mailbox money. I love that term, mailbox money. It's where you can work from your house, buy things online, have them delivered to you, and then sell them on uh, various marketplaces. But imagine you can have somebody else do that for you. So you want to buy time, you want to control what they're buying. Well, you take these lists and you can join multiple lists if you're interested. And then you can segregate them for the merchandise you want and send them to them. They can make purchases for you on your behalf, have it delivered to you or delivered to them for prep. Boom, sent into these marketplaces and you could sell. How about that? Wouldn't that be awesome? I spoke at their conference and there were so many million dollar sellers just using online arbitrage. It's still available. And again, 14 days. The only way you're going to get 14 day free trials if you come through my link. Um, it is an affiliate link. Um, they do pay me, so I don't want to mislead you in any way. Um, I would appreciate it, but I'd like to see you try the 14 days. I've had so many people that have joined, have so much success. It's very exciting to me and you know, quite humbling to me um, that they trust me to recommend this group. And I 100% recommend this group. I've seen the results. These are great people that will also teach you to fish. This isn't just a, hey, here's the list, you're on your own. No, this is, hey, here's why that wasn't a good deal. Or here, hey, there's another opportunity. And you get to join their groups. And it's just a phenomenal group of people. Um, just great, great uh, leaders in that group. And these lists are phenomenal. So again, it's amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. Amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. Use that, get two weeks free, try it. You don't like it? Drop out. But give it a shot if you want to add that to your business. Welcome back to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. This is episode 404, Chase Clymer. Um, very cool guy who has a lot of experience. Uh, runs an agency that really specializes more in Shopify than anything else. Um, great, great website, electriceye.io. Um, and he has a podcast, Honest E-Commerce. But what I appreciated from him is he gave um, he gave two really powerful pieces of information. One is if you have a Shopify store, here are the recommended apps, the things that you can use to really scale up, 
right? And he says, you know, rather than trying to figure it out, rather he's already got proof. He's got experience with it. It doesn't benefit if you use these, right? So you know it's un, it's almost unsolicited, right? So there's real value. The other thing is he talks about is a content production system. And, you know, we produce content, so it's definitely part of our process. But hearing it that way and then building it and then making it work for your business, that's what's going to drive your business. And he gives some really good examples in this podcast of companies that have done it, brands that he's worked with. Um, and, again, I'm, I'm stuck on his website, that electriceye.io, the testimonials. Look up some of those companies. Look at their websites. You can do that. And these are successful brands that are out there selling on their own and on Amazon in this current market and having success. You can do it too. Let's get into the podcast. And welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. I'm excited about today's guest. Um, I'm excited because uh, it's the agency that he's built. I think that that's the way to approach it. The agency that he's built has helped. Hopefully, I don't know if it's hundreds of clients, but a lot of clients. So I don't don't know how many um, build e-commerce businesses and it's more brand and I think I think all of us who are selling you know we want to sell we want our own brands Um, this is a company that's helped others prove that it can be done and it's still being done today is that fair before I introduce is that correct still being done today all right good so the Amazon uh, world probably has an effect but it probably makes everybody better so Chase Clymer welcome Chase Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Well, thank you for coming. Um, the name of your company is, the agency is called Electric Eye, correct? Yes, we're named after a Judas Priest song. <laughs> really? Uh, electriceye.io. So make sure people know that. That's the, the, the agency that you run. So let's talk about that because my statement, you know, in, even in our pre-conversation, one of the things that we have are lots of Amazon sellers listening to this, and they want to build a brand. That's what they know, right? So they, they probably started like you and I did, selling books or thrift store items, build some success and like, ooh, and then they start maybe some wholesale, and then they start their own private label. And they probably miss, 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 and then boom, something gets a little bit of legs. They have some success. They start building this item. Maybe they put a name on it. They Maybe they get the uh, trademark. Maybe they start building something, and then boom, uh, somebody comes in and copies it identical, gets on their listing. They now spend most of their legal life fighting through that, and a lot of times never climb out of it, give up, move on to the next product. Um, that's kind of a cycle that a lot of people see. So they want off. They want to do their own thing. But I think people get stuck in it. So walk us through like some of the brands that you're working with. I mean, is that a similar story or is that a dissimilar story? And then can we learn from the dissimilar story? I think it is. I would say it's not dissimilar i feel it's right in the middle and i'll I'll kind of explain why the grass is always greener by the way let's just talk about that so Mm. i know of so many brands that started on shopify and they're like we should have you know we should have been doing amazon sooner (laughs) and then we get so many people reaching out like hey we're on amazon here's our pain points can you help get us to shopify and you know there are pros and cons to each of them uh the easiest one to point out is with Shopify, you own your customer, but there's no market to sell to. And then when you're on Amazon, it's the complete opposite. That's like the differences. Those are the most polar opposite differences between them. And the way that that works out with building your brand is like pretty intense. So if you're starting a new brand and you're 
focused on finding product market fit, which I think should be the first Ooh, thing you do. I like that product market fit. I've not heard that. Once you're once you're getting that product market fit, finding out that your product actually has traction with people, the best way to test that is Amazon because there's a lot of people looking for stuff on there, uh, and eBay as well. They're, these are built-in marketplaces with people that are searching for stuff. So I would say when you're kind of vetting your products or like trying to think what should I sell, I have some ideas in this space. I would say build some test products and see if they sell on Amazon because that will translate over to sales on Shopify, but you're going to have to do the legwork to bring people to your website. All right, let's pause there because that's a that's a good point. So so get a proof of concept, right? Getting it out there, people are buying because like you say, that's where the audience is currently. That That's already established. Um, if you do a good job with keywords and all that jazz, you get found, boom, they buy. At what point do you say, okay, this is a good enough proof of concept uh, and I'm ready to move off and create my own? Because as you describe, you're then responsible to bring traffic and that's not easy, correct? It is It is not easy. Uh, and especially these days, I want to just like pop the bubble, the balloon, whatever it is. Facebook is expensive and hard. Mm. It is not magic anymore. Um, it is, it used to be, and that's kind of how, when the agency started, that's a lot of what we were doing was managed Facebook and Instagram advertising for, for direct consumer clients. Um, but now it's, it's very competitive. It's very expensive and the learning curve, um, is a little bit steeper. So, you know, bringing that traffic in is more expensive if you want to do a paid marketing route because Facebook's now mature. So is Google. So those clicks are expensive. Um, and then the other way to do it is you got to focus on beautiful content, content that resonates with your audience. And some people don't want to put in the work that uh, I mean, ultimately, that's the answer today. Right. I mean, and it's going to be where a lot of our conversation goes is you I'm selling uh, Steve's water bottles. I need to have, you know, stories about camping and hiking or, you know sports or whatever, something that people would use water bottles for to help bring those eyeballs so that audience are people that possibly would be interested in buying water bottles, and then I can earn their trust, right? I mean, that's really where the work is today, as opposed to, like you say, just running a Facebook viral ad. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, those tactics with Facebook and Google still work, and you know they should be kind of in your stack of marketing, but where the real money is, especially for young entrepreneurs who I'm assuming don't have unlimited funds. Uh, the way you can get traffic is by building, like creating awesome content. You can do it with your phone. I've seen people go viral with just a, a, a video they shot on their cell phone that led to thousands of sales. Hmm. You know, I was asking this earlier, and the more maybe that was a dumb question is, you know, what point do you get off? Well, the answer depends, right? I mean, that's, that was pretty dumb. But, but it isn't illogical to think that there's an evening out of your clients. What per, a percentage of sales on an Amazon versus their own? Do you have any clue? Um, actually, so we've got it, – it, you know what? It depends. I feel like when you're building a brand that has a specific product or a specific product niche – uh, the pain points on Amazon are going to start to be like the fees. Mm -hmm. And once you have a name attached to your product, it goes from just being a water bottle to being Steve's water bottle. You know what I mean? So once you, once you make that transition to actually having a brand, I feel like you should put a little bit more weight into moving, trying to move your customers to your own website. Cause then you can do amazing retargeting. You can do sales. Uh, you can kind of control what 
the narrative is with your brand and your customer. Um, but on the other side, uh, we have some customers that use Shopify to sell other products, i.e. shoes, or uh, we have one client that sells uh, pool and spa, like filters and, and equipment and stuff like that. And he has he has them on both and he loves them on both. And, you know, he's not really trying to go either way with it. Uh, he's just going where the market is. So can you give me an example of one of your clients where uh, because what you're saying is that, you know, once you own the client, then you get to remarket to them. Right. You get to say, hey, Steve, you bought a water bottle. Yeah. Hey, Brian, you bought a water bottle before from Steve. Here's our new ones or here's this or we offer also offer this. Right. That's that's really the best part of that. How. Can you give us a success story of a company that that did that, that took from they were just a, you know, trying to find their way. They had a website more than likely, but they didn't take the content approach. They built out the content and then they started really developing their own customers. Can you walk us through an example? Uh, yeah, there's actually a local brand here in Columbus, uh, Hilo Gummies. Uh, they're, they found a, a, a cool niche um, and we actually I don't work with them. I'm just I, I like their story and it's okay. been fun to follow them. Hilo, um, Hilo gummies. Can you spell that for me? Uh, H-I-L-O gummies. So the pain point they solved was if you've ever been at the gym and you've ever dealt with pre-workout, you're, you're getting it everywhere. It's going all over the place, um, creating your, your shake or whatnot. Uh, they just put that same stuff in a gummy. So you can just pop the gummy in. You're ready to rock. You don't have to deal with a water bottle. You're ready to go. No kidding. Genius. Yeah. yeah. So obviously amazing, amazing value already there. Uh, but they started with just like one gummy and one product. And I already know their plan is to start adding other products to start to grow kind of just a full line of uh, fitness, nutrition products that are all related to that particular thing. But they started with one product, right? And they found that product market fit. And just I already know what it's going to look like when they do their when they start retargeting and, and reaching out, with, you know, email marketing or or Facebook ads or whatever. It's going to be like. You know, if someone had bought that original gummy or like some of them that they have out right now and they're like, hey, we just launched this new line of products that is obviously within the same uh, area, like you'd probably be interested to it in, in this product. And it's so much easier to sell someone something if you've already sold them something before because you've already won that trust. They bought from you. They've got the product in the mail. They enjoyed it, hopefully. And they're like, yeah, well, I liked the gummy. I'm going to like whatever the next product is that they put out. Hmm. When I look at their site, there's something that they do that I've not seen before is they have all their Instagram is basically their content. So you're talking about content. You know, you've got to drive content. It looks like their content is their Instagram, um, and it, but it looks like their individual blog posts. Uh, that's a method I've never seen before. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, a lot of newer brands are, are focusing heavy on Instagram content and really trying to drive home uh, the lifestyle approach. I know that the owners are pretty young and they, they're pretty vocal and you'll see them all over the Instagram and all over their marketing. They're like, yeah, we're the guys that, you know, that are involved here. Like we want to help. I mean, I, I think the owner's like the homepage hero. Yeah. But it, what, what's cool though is they don't have to produce other content for their website because their, their Instagram is coming right in. Is it, does it have to be these giant blog posts to create that content? Um, is that your experience, Chase? Um, you know, blog posts are definitely an SEO play, and it works for some companies. Uh, for example, I've uh, we've got a client that uh, it's like a food brand, so obviously recipes are easy. 
for them. It's a great content strategy and people are actually looking for that. So that's an easy SEO play. But when you start talking about something a little more weird, say like shoes, like it's kind of hard to SEO around shoes. You know, you can, you can do some top 10 lists or whatnot. Um, but for that, you know, uh, we were pushing them in the direction of doing shoe reviews and having really amazing lifestyle content shot. Cause they're, you know, they're in Manhattan. It's a beautiful city. Uh, so I think content shouldn't be limited to like blogs or videos or podcasts. Even uh, podcasts are amazing. I've seen some direct to consumer brands launch podcasts, which are it's a wild thing to consider. Um, but to go back to your specific question, I think that when you're first starting out, and they're definitely a younger brand, and I don't want to say like a baby brand or anything like that, but um, I think that what I like about their strategy is they picked one channel, i.e. Instagram, and they are doing it very well. And they're building that system and that process when they're in their business. I find a lot of uh, people, get they make a list of, I got to do SEO and I've got to do Google ads and I've got to do uh, Instagram and I've got to do YouTube and I've got to do a podcast. And they try to do them all at once and they all fail. I like I like people picking one, figuring out the system and the process, and then evolving over time to build out that bigger marketing stack. It's, it, I mean, I think that's very smart, right? To master it, right? Get it. And especially the process. Cause I think that's when I look at ours, our businesses, we have lots of different businesses going on here. Process is where we fail or succeed, at least in our world. How about in the worlds that you're seeing out there? Yeah, I think that, uh, the brands that are doing well that we work with, you now we come into contact with, they have like a content production system like baked into their business somehow. Um, just because with brands content and creating that connection and a reason to talk to your customer that isn't trying to sell them another thing and just give value to your customer. That's kind of where that content comes into play is you got to be creative with it and think about what value you can give them. Uh, but once you figure out figure that out, it's it's amazing. You can keep reaching out, keep contacting them, and they love to hear from you. I think I think that phrase "content production system" um, will resonate with a lot of people. Can we walk through what you would suggest to a client uh, of a simple content production system that where some you know somebody listening right now, they're one person operation, are like, okay, guys, Jason, Steve, this is great, but you know I don't even know where to start. Can we walk through a simple version of what you would call a content production system? I think it's a great term. Yeah, let's start with let's start with your hypothetical water bottle company, right? It's very impressive, by the way. I'm just letting you. Yeah, know. yeah, I know you're gonna write this down and make millions off this. Oh yeah. So, so what I would do is you already mentioned that this is an outdoor water bottle brand. This isn't like a in the gym brand. This is like you know we're camping. This isn't you know I'm assuming it's stainless steel. It can fall off a mountain and be fine. Um, so the the demo you're going after there is outdoors. Uh, it's camping. So you come up with the idea of starting to write blogs around camping to, you know, try to work on a little bit of SEO. Uh, so you are creating these amazing blogs about camping, right? So I would say first there, if you want to do an actual system, if you're, if you don't have the budget, I would say you need to sit down and write a blog a week yourself. Like that's just get that in your habit. Uh, but if you have a little bit more of a budget, maybe you want to hire a writer to help you produce a blog a week. Um, caveat on hiring writers, make sure they're good. Make sure it's English. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to save some money, you can 
hire a blog researcher that may be at a cheaper price point, maybe a, in a uh, you know, developing country where you can get uh, writers for a little bit cheaper. But then you are also going to have to hire an editor to turn uh, it into actual American English. Uh, I've seen some people do that. So that's a pretty good tip there. So it'll save you a little bit of money on your blog writing. Or if you don't want to deal with that many people, just hire one good writer. Okay, so uh, and that's a good tool, like you're saying. So somebody who might be really good at research, but like you say, they have the grammar issues or you know the nuances yeah. that we have here. But a good editor can clean that up. And a good editor editing something that's already written is not that expensive. Way no, different. Not at all. Way different than producing content. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. If you're talking about writing 1,500 unique words on a good topic, it's going to take a good eight, ten hours. Uh, but editing that when it's done is going to take one hour. Okay, so 1,500 words would be the recommended size, you'd say, and uh, you think editing is about one hour. I like that. All right, cool. I would say 1,500 is a made-up number, It's but it's it's been going around for a while. I think yeah, it needs to be long enough to get the point across and kind of hit on your keywords for SEO, uh, but I wouldn't tie it to like an arbitrary number. It needs to just be good content because uh, Google rewards good content over page length. It's It definitely it, it tracks the time on page that people are actually reading and engaging with your content. So let's just go back to that. If you used a writer that was, you know, delivering subpar grammar, I would read the first paragraph and be like, I can't even understand this, and I'd bounce. Mm-hmm. But if I'm reading it and it and it makes sense and it's flowing well because there's a great editor, I'm like, oh, this is good. And then I'm going to read the whole article. And that signal is going back to Google. Be like, oh, I, that guy spent three minutes on this page. That page must actually have good content, and it's going to help you come up in the rankings. When... When that content, so my water bottle example, it's an outdoor water bottle. Is that the content I produce doesn't have to be about water bottles. It has to be about the people that I'm trying to sell to, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I if think they're that parents, crazy I want, trying yeah. to write okay. 100 articles a year about water bottles or, or whatever number. Do you do you recommend that, I mean, do we take current topics and, and address them and try to bring them into the conversation to keep current? Does that help or hurt? I think it goes back to what your brand values are and where you want to be in that stance. Um, I don't think it could hurt much. Uh, it just depends on, on what you what kind of topics you want to talk about. Uh but let's go back to this, this, this building this system. So say we've got, we're, we're writing a blog a week. That's fantastic. And I think that's the minimum anyone should be doing for content production. Uh, but then let's take it a step further. You're like, all right, this is, I can see my traffic's increasing a little bit. This is cool. So let's take all these blogs that we already have written, turn them into scripts and turn them into a, a video and put that video on YouTube. So now you've got a, the same content, you're refactoring it. And now you've got a video and that system's obviously going to take a bit of time to, to work the kinks out. Well, but walk me through that. Well, give me an example there. So I wrote this great piece about tents. I don't know. I'm yeah, tense, yeah, tent right? reviews. Okay, so now am I putting on YouTube video makes better sense than just hearing my podcast over with a still image. I'm literally out there doing the physical reviews. Is that what it takes or what, what happens? I think a tent review is an expensive example. Okay. Uh, but if we could find a cheaper example, uh, yeah, just turn it into into a YouTube video because people like to consume content in different ways. Uh, YouTube's the second or third biggest search engine on the internet right now, uh, so you'd be doing well to repurpose your content over there. You've already pretty much written a script, so why not make a video out of it? 
but I am going somewhere with this. Okay. Uh, so once, once you kind of have that system built, you're, you're going to start bringing in some traffic from YouTube. You're bringing in traffic from Google. Um, and hopefully you've started making some sales here and you are building up your email list. I think that's the number one thing people aren't doing these days for some reason is the power of email. It's like powering It's like 30% of sales for our, our customers across the board is email. So having a good reason to reach back out to your customers with your email is this content you've now created. So every week you're producing a blog, every week you're producing a video, and then you can email them and you're not even asking for a sale. You're like, hey, we wrote a blog on the best 10, like the top 10 tents for this particular environment. And there's also a video you can watch. And all your customers are going to be like, well, that's awesome because I'm actually into that stuff. I'm actually going to read it. And now you're top of mind for them. So when they break their water bottle or they leave it behind at their last campsite, they're like, oh, yeah, these guys are awesome. They're sharing all this content with me. I want to buy from them again. I'm going to use an example, um, one that I think you guys have. This is a client of yours. It's called Guitar Grip. Um, I'm at their website, and I go into their blog, and it, they, it's phenomenal. I mean, A, their product's phenomenal. It's very cool. But the way they present it, it's, there's value. Every single thing about it is adding value to it, uh, to me. So if you go to guitargrip.com um, and then choose blogs and start looking through there. So what I love about this, um, and I'm assuming this has been coached to them, they have the number of minutes read. So here are the top five reasons to mount your guitar with a guitar hanger. And then it tells you it's a three-minute read. I think that's a pro tip right there. That I can give three minutes of anything, Chase. I mean, to do anything, right? It's not mm-hmm. like it's thirty minutes. I'm not getting sucked into you know war and peace. This is three minutes. Um, these subjects look very valuable. You know, if you're into this, I can see the uh, relationship and the value. But it's really simple. I mean, it's a really simple. It's a three minute read. It's a pretty simple thing. That has an effect. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. So say I'm on that email list, and they're like. We, we pushed out this content this week. Here's, here's the content. It's top five reasons to mount your guitar with a guitar hanger. Say that I didn't purchase from them, but I signed up. I'm on the list for some reason or another because of the content. And then this is the piece of content that pushes me over the edge that makes me want to buy. Hmm. When you're building out a funnel for a direct-to-consumer brand, the value of that email is like worth its weight in gold because you'll get people to supply their email way before they actually purchase from you. And then you create those multiple touch points over time, just giving them value. They will eventually convert. It, uh, it blows my mind. I'm assuming this stuff gets shared. Uh, is this also the best practice then to take the same content and put it out on Instagram? If it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're putting in the work and making some awesome content, repurpose it everywhere. Why reinvent the wheel? So back to the example about repurposing this, let's just use Guitar Grip, for example, here, these, uh, these blog posts, to put them on YouTube, what would be your recommended approach? Um, I actually interviewed um, an SEO expert the other day on our podcast, and I was talking to him about it, and the things we like, kind of went down this rabbit hole about like production value and, and all sorts of stuff. He's like, as long as you have a rough script, he's like, whip out your phone and record it. Because going from zero to one and just getting the content made and then getting it on YouTube is the biggest struggle out of all of it. He's like, you can up the value over time. You can up the scripts over time. You can increase the production quality. But just going from zero to one and getting a video on the Internet is the hardest thing. 
So people aren't necessarily looking for a high polish. They're looking for high quality. And that's what you point. Okay. I love it. And so by- I, think, I think high polish and high quality are less important as a fact of just giving value and answering questions and creating content. Um, I think just getting into the mindset of creating content for your brand is a bigger struggle for some of these brands because they start thinking about, well, I need to hire a photographer yeah, and I right. need to buy this $4,000 camera and then we need a backdrop. And I'm like, hmm. no, pull out your iPhone, go to a cool location in your backyard and snap some photos, make a video. Like creating content is that easy these days. As I think about like launching this brand and building this process. So again, I'm going to, let me go through and make sure the notes that I took, I want to make sure that I got this right. So, um, write blogs, um, and we're used to camping as an example, right? So one way to do it is, you know, do it yourself or hire out. If you hire out, make sure they're a good writer. If not get a blog researcher, then get an editor way more, uh, or way less expensive. And you get two different points of view there, by the way. I think that's another, uh, cool thing should Mm -hmm. be weekly. Um, script out that blog post, uh, repurpose it, uh, probably on medium and all the different things, but also on YouTube. Don't miss YouTube. Very simple. Um, because, and I'm assuming that the full article can be on, well, maybe that, maybe this common sense, right? You're going to be like dusty. So if I'm writing this guitar grip and I have this whole thing about, you know, proper way to store guitar, I only have to address it a little bit in the YouTube video and then refer them back to that other blog post. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. And that and you just start driving the traffic back to your website and people are once they get there, once they're done with that content, you know, maybe they start browsing around and looking at, at products that they like. Uh, maybe they get all the way to adding, you know, the instead of the water bottle this time, they're adding the cooler that we have, you know, the premium cooler to the cart. Uh, and then life happens, but you can retarget them over time with some ads and eventually convert. I also added in, uh, build out an email list. So again, all these things should be building out this email list because that's the permission list to buy. That's usually what I find. Most of my buyers. Email list, email list. If you, if you own your website, direct, like your Shopify, Magento, what have you, is you, if you own the website and you actually can own those customer relationships, the email list is so powerful because you can use it for A, reaching out with email blast. B, the power of email automation these days can create very specific touch points within that customer's journey that are about exactly them and what they've been up to either on your website or where they're at in their buying cycle. Uh, and those higher matched marketing messages get higher rates of return. So say you know their birthday and you send them a birthday email, like there's a really simple example, but if you send someone an email that just says like 10 types of tents, right? That's, uh, while valuable content, it's pretty generic. But if it says "Happy Birthday, Steve," mm. which one do you think is going to get opened? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, happy. Wait, they, somebody knew it was my birthday. What? Who? Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So, and if, then you give them a birthday discount. You know what I mean? That Instead personalization really mm-hmm. matters. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. just the power of email automation is is wild these days. But then you can also take that email list and repurpose it to do more targeted advertising through Facebook and Google. Uh, you know. The email is pretty universally powerful. Does the email work for like, you know, for me to get it to my friends? Because one of the cool things like an Instagram or even Facebook was getting it shared, right? So if I if if I was selling something and I got you to share it, that was huge for me because now all of a sudden I'm reaching you. It's almost like an endorsement, right? Chase endorsed yep. this because he shared it. Does it is there a way to manage that with email too? Um, I've seen 
some people put a call to action in their email. So like, hey, if you think this is valuable, share it with your friend. But I think that's actually so that's probably a way to think about how to architect your content strategy is what content in my niche would I share with my friend? Oh, interesting. And that should be the driving factor of whether or not the content's good or not. Is is uh, I mean, you're building an avatar for your customer, right? I mean, who you know? Mm-hmm. How how, uh, how do you build that avatar? Because it's like I I know who I think my customer is, and I'm not sure that that's correct. I mean, are there ways that you've seen out there to to get certainty uh, of your avatar? Yeah, it's real easy. Ask your customer. <laughs> so so a poll or some kind of contest or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you can do it through email, quick surveys. Uh, you know, how often have you been on a website and something pops up in the corner? It's like, hey, can I ask you a quick question? You know, it's a robot, but you know, it's two, two or three simple questions. Like those types of polling can get actual real data out of your customers. And if you start to get in the habit of creating that content, your customers will ask you for stuff. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, there's, I always tell this story as a friend of mine, Dan Miller, and he always says, Steve, if three people ask me the same question, there's a business. Because that, that means that there's a need in the market for somebody to fulfill, and he likes to be that person. So if you're doing the same thing, if you're getting customers asking you, hey, could you add on uh, a camp stove? I'm a bad example, my water bottle. Mm-hmm. But a camp stove with it or a bike grip, a bike holder, cup holder. Um, we need one. Do you know, can you recommend one? Well, whoa, maybe we should be selling those products, right? Oh, yeah. So my, a friend of mine, uh, another agency owner down in Atlanta, Georgia, Kelly, she runs an agency down there called The Tap Room, um, and she started for fun a, uh, a little just apparel business, uh, kind of based on her developer jokes, because she's got a pretty good Twitter following of developer jokes, but she says people now email, reply to her after purchasing something, they're like, hey, you should put this tweet of yours on a mug so I can buy it for my husband, hmm. or like people are just straight up giving her her product research, and she's just like, okay, cool, and she turns it into a product. Like you, people are very open and customers will be very open. They're like, they'll tell you exactly what to do. Is that because you created an environment where it makes sense for your customers to be able to communicate with you? Is that, is that, and, and, and if so, what, what methods would be good for doing that? So I think that, um, the way that you do that is by being kind of personal, by producing that content, kind of putting a face to the brand per se, um, and just being genuinely human. People want to buy from actual people. Uh, so when you write your emails and you find that prose that is your brand's voice, and I always tell people to send your email from the CEO or the owner or the founder and let people reply directly to it. And say, instead of being info at electriceye.com, you know, it's going to come from chase at electriceye.io. Like that, that's the way you want to do it. And just be genuine about it. And then people will reply and actually say, you know, give advice or ask questions. So I'm basically saying, Hey, you're important to me and I really want to hear everything. How important is it then for that CEO to be doing some of those blog posts or at least some of those videos uh, rather than having the team do everything? Well, that's just the part about scaling a business is at some point the CEO has to focus on the things that they're uniquely qualified for or the founder I know a lot of founders in like apparel space is like what they're really good at is building the product and coming up with unique and creative ideas there. And they eventually have to kind of give those to other people on the team. I think, though, if you're just starting out, uh, you are doing yourself a disservice 
because no one is going to sell your business better than you. Hmm. Um, now, Electric Eye is your agency, and you've got some pretty good-sized companies here that you're working with. Can you take, take us through an example of one of these companies that was super small that just that's probably somebody who's listening right now, that type of a company, and what they've been able to get to in today's marketplace? Absolutely. I think that if you're just starting out, one of the bigger things that you're going to be dealing with is kind of analysis paralysis of all the options that are out there. Um, and, you know, I'm going to probably uh, get rid of some business here. I don't know. I, I Don't hire me if you're just <laughs> starting out, as I'm going to be honest, because you need to learn kind of the ins and outs of the platform. If you want to move to Shopify and kind of build a brand there, you need to learn the ins and outs of your platform yourself. And for, for many reasons, one, you need to be able to speak to people down the line when you're hiring them out in a way that uh, it makes sense. You know, you got to be educated about the platform a bit uh, so you can, you know, steer the growth of your business in the way you want it to go by speaking in the technical terms that make sense to the platform. Um, I think also, just as far as where I'm at with the agency in our career, we're a little more expensive. And I feel like the budget that you would have to use for that should be focused elsewhere. You can get, you can get online with Shopify and I can recommend a bunch of good apps and, and a bunch of good themes after this, but you can get online yourself by following some YouTube videos and just by putting in the work. I think when people are looking for other people to make them rich, they have the bad, that's a, just a bad outlook. You got to put in the work. And if you put in the work and you make the mistakes, right, I guess you can, you can mitigate or minima, minimize the mistakes by putting in that time, right? Like you're saying, watch them YouTube, and you're going to find people say, hey, I did this wrong. Don't do it this way, blah, blah, blah. If you can find a good source, a trusted source that you can do that, you're saying you can do the work, get far enough along, then you can afford to scale up with, another, with, a, with a, a company like yours, correct? Absolutely. So I would say that there are a bunch of really good premium themes out there in the Shopify environment. There's a bunch of apps that work to solve for a lot of stuff. People are focused more on, they want to scale faster than they can, but they don't have like the systems in place to actually scale. Um, and I think that what, what is, what they need to do is they just need to get their products onto the site. They need to get it turned on and then they need to realize that, Hey, there's no market yet because I have no, content because and there's no reason for anyone to come to my site you got to figure out the marketing well i mean i'm sitting here thinking about that as i'm thinking of that small brand coming up right so if they do put up the put in the work learn how to do it get the store opened right which is really not hard anymore especially on shopify and you're going to give us you promised me you're going to give us the tools and i think he's going to take away you know it's funny everybody knows at the end of the show i always ask it well, how do you get past the point of stuck you're going to give us the tools that will get you past the point of stuck that you're going to recommend that you've seen work where that excuse is gone so we're going yep. to take away that excuse so that's going to be cool but let's say i do all that right i listen to you i get the thing done i get it set up and i'm getting it rocking is the next place though to put in the energy and effort rather than running ads because i'm so worried about not selling developing this content production system. I mean, is that really the big advice that, is that going to be the takeaway that anybody listening here, because you're going to help us get created, get this production system in place, put in the time there next. Am I correct? Yeah. If you do that now and instill a, a, a production 
of if you instill this content mentality within your business, you're going to succeed. Period. So if I follow your advice, I mean, there are no guarantees in life. Uh, if I follow your advice and get the tools and get the right s- site set up, then I jump and into um, into this next uh, realm, which is content production. Put in my time. Well, how long does it take to get traction when you're putting out good content that's relevant to the crowd I'm supposed to sell to? Do you get here's, what I'm saying? Is that a weird question? Honest, no, here's the honest answer. It's going to take longer than you want. <laughs> Just keep doing it. Um, like unless you come to the table with some, you know, you have 50,000 Twitter followers for some reason, or you're in a popular band, you know, there's other ways to kind of get your market a little bit kickstarted. But if you're kind of just an average entrepreneur and you don't have, you know, a a big clout like that to lean on, it's just going to take some hard work and over time it will, it will pay off. Hmm. Dude, I'm, I'm excited about, you know, what, what you're describing because you're giving us real life examples, uh, in your, you know, and again, he's got a lot of testimonials out there. Go look at these sites and then go check out their website. They're phenomenal. These are companies that some of these people used to only sell on Amazon. And I looked at some of them. They're all, it seems like most of them are still selling on Amazon, but some of these companies have been able to create a standalone website brand. Um, and, you know, is it fair to say they're making money and they're, or the majority of their business is is e-commerce now? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, we talked about this in the pre-show, I think. But uh, once you kind of decide to make the leap over to building up your own, you know, e-commerce store outside of the, the Amazon platform, you should probably have a good idea of what that product's going to be. And then it's the challenge there is, okay, what's the brand going to be around this product? It's more than just being a product. It's got to be, it's got to be a brand. And then, and then it goes into the content stuff. Um, that's kind of the challenge of, because of, if you just if you just put it on on Shopify, it's not going to sell anything. You got to like have a story, and you got to have a reason behind it, and you got to have a reason for someone to come to the site. Is that why most people give up? Oh, I, absolutely. This content production system that we're, we're talking about, as simple as I made it sound, it took us a year to make it work for our agency. We're experts, apparently. A year? A full year? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, 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 it's essentially a bigger SEO play. You know, how people say SEO takes months to, to see traction. Yeah, that's just to get people to your, web, your website. That's the top end of the funnel you're talking about getting people from the top all the way down to that purchase like that's a that's another journey in and of itself Hmm. one year if i okay so back to this i want people to walk away from this with some value if we follow again your advice they're sitting here saying i've been trying i've been stuck i can't get past this i want to do it chase i've been trying to do it again you're going to give us the tips we're going to do this we get the site up and running we got the Mm -hmm. apps and all that junk now I put my head down for a year and I built, assuming I already have a product, right? And I know that there's a market because I've already tested it on Amazon. It's already sold and I'm having some success, but I want a lot of success. Okay. Now for a year, 52 weeks a year, I'm putting out relevant content for the audience that are going to be my buyers. If I do that for a year, at the end of that, I have a chance to have a brand. Is that fair? Absolutely. And I, I feel like at the end of that year, you're going to know exactly what you need to do to make that business work. 
you're okay. gonna you're gonna have so much experience in there. And I want to talk about why uh, you should believe my strategy on content and just and give you an outside opinion on it. Have you ever heard of the brand Outdoor Voices? Uh, I have not. Okay, they're they're a direct consumer brand. I think they even went through like some venture funding, uh, but it's just apparel for rec- recreation, you know, technical apparel. Um, they invested so hard in content that they built a media site called the Recreationalist. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Look at this. I'm looking at their stuff. Um, wow. So. Tell me what that's done for him. The rec- I, I can see it here. Let me click on it and let me see what it is. But what what's that done for him? I think just the 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 power of they're essentially building a website that's just all content all the time to bring people in and get them familiar with the brand, and then it's free advertising for their actual products. And it looks like they don't just have their products on here; they have other products on here too. Possibly. I mean, that's a fun way to do it. Uh, also, that's a good that's a good thing to to talk about right there is. You don't have any competition once you start building a brand. Hmm. Uh, you'd be so, you'd you'd be surprised at how nice people are and how open they will be with giving you advice. And then again, that just helps you on product research. I, I had a, a gentleman I interviewed. I remember he was into barbecuing, and he would do these competitions that level, that high level barbecue, and he would go there and he would find out the pain points. He'd fix it, bring it to them. They'd test it and they'd be like, "Oh my God, this is the best thing ever." They'd all buy it. And then he knew he had a product market. And then he'd be like, what other pain points do you have, Chase? What else What else isn't great? Anything? And boom, he had magic. It's kind of what you're describing. All of a sudden, they were honest with him because he had earned their trust. And all of a sudden, they heard his product research. So by putting in – so the recreational – you said how long did it take them to build this out? Um, well, they had funding, and it came out, I'd say, six months or so. But it was it was definitely, it's just a giant content play for Outdoor Voices. Does the uh, video you said, do, uh, do photos uh, count towards content um, building? I mean, are they valuable, especially in today's marketplace? Yes, they're valuable, but I don't think you'd see as much of a return through like email if you're like here's a lookbook that i created maybe if your target is uh like a woman demographic uh but those photos are going to do great on instagram okay and then bring that content in and again that one site um uh which one was it that was uh use oh hilo gummies yeah yeah the hilo gummies a hilo h-i-l-o gummies um they do a great job of their content is instagram i mean but it looks like their blog posts i mean it's so Phenomena. I've never seen that. It must be a cool app. Hopefully, that's going to be one of these apps that you tell us about um, to put on this site. Okay. I feel really good about where we're at. I feel like this is a plan that if somebody can put into place. But what I'm asking you for, um, and, and, and I will ask you for contact information before then, but, but what I want to ask for is to get people past that point of stuck. And I think the place that they're going to get stuck is creating this website because it seems overwhelming, Chase. It just does. It seems so hard to even create a Shopify because there's so many things you have to be concerned with. But you're going to give us the tools to do that, correct? Yes. So right. first, well, first no. Before you first, do that, I want to get oh, okay, your contact. Okay, okay. I want your contact. So I want to make sure that if somebody wants to follow you. So Electric I E Y E dot I O is their website. Um, tons of blog posts, um, and you wrote most of them, I see. Um, tons of blog posts about all this different stuff, uh, Shopify, but not only Shopify, right? You got some Magentos. You have some other stuff out there too, yeah. right? Well, can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. 
you know that system I was talking about of hiring a researcher and an editor? Oh, no. <laughs> I yes. mean, it's guys, you think about it. I'm running a company, and we're producing three pieces of content a week. I'm not doing all of it. It's, so th- it's, that's a lot of work. This was I the method for you. Yeah, I, you know, I had to build the system within my business because if if that's all I had to do, that'd be great. But unfortunately, that's not all I have to do. And ha- I mean, where where did you find your writer or your researcher? Um, the researcher I actually found on Upwork, okay. but um, he worked at a company, the same company that our VA works at. And so when when you're looking for a researcher, I mean, how expensive is a researcher? Because they're basically, are, are you leading them towards the articles that you want? I mean, or do you give them parameters saying, hey, oh, I guess you have to, duh. Uh, um, you know, Steve's water bottles. I like things related because this is a camping and outdoors kind of thing. That's the parameter. Yeah. At the beginning, I was coming up with all the ideas. Um, but, you know, we've been doing it for months now. And he he comes up with ideas, too. He's like, hey, I think this one would work. And it'd be fun to research. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Thanks for... Oh, that's a good idea. So you have them, you vet them. So he'll be like, hey, this is the one, these are the five that I want to do. And you'll be like, yes, 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 nah, yes, right? Yeah, but I always explain why. Oh, okay. And so then you don't have to explain as often, right? That that points the funnel down. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think, uh, so this, just to give some tips on hiring a VA or a writer or anyone off, off work for the first time, uh, you're, if you if it's your first time, you're going to have a bad time, and I'll tell you why. It's because mm-hmm. you didn't explain what you wanted properly. It comes down to being very, very vocal and over-explain what you want because people can't read minds, and especially when you're talking over the Internet and especially when there might be a slight language barrier. Hmm. Okay. All right. I think that that is uh, fair advice. Um, over, over, over explain. Yeah, because I'm a guy. My communication skills are a little limited, definitely. All right, so uh, best way to get in touch with you if, the, if somebody wants to follow up on this? Uh, sure, it's just chase at electriceye.io. Um, also going to plug our podcast if you want to hear me rant more. Uh, it's Honest E-Commerce on all the popular podcasting platforms. I think it's uh, it, you know, it's, it's a great podcast. And I think... Um, like you say, you're you're touching on a lot of different stuff. You're not just Amazon. You're not just eBay. You're not just Shopify. You're on all the different topics, um, and I think um, I think it's very uh, important uh, conversation. So very cool, very very cool. All right, so I'm ready for this checklist. I'm ready, and I'm going to put this link in the in the podcast. But I'm ready for this checklist. The things that we need to start. Uh, are we saying Shopify or just uh, WordPress? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to go with Shopify okay, so because Shopify. Uh, it's all we do and because I believe that Shopify is probably, if you want to build a direct-to-consumer brand, it's the best avenue for you to do that these days. Okay. All right. So this is these are the tools that uh, Chase is recommending based on experience, period. And this is what you need to have in place. Um, and you know, how quickly could somebody have a site up and running? You can have a site up and running, and you could learn how to do it yourself in less than a day. <laughs> okay. All right. Hit, hit us. Go for it. Okay. First, first things first. You can do all of this without spending any more money than signing up for Shopify. You don't need any apps. You don't need a fancy theme. What you need is good content. So that's first things first is you could literally go learn how to set up a Shopify store on YouTube, follow some awesome tutorials, and build out a Shopify store yourself and use the basic theme that comes with every install called debut. I've seen stores doing 10 figures on debut. Hmm. 
So not important. Yeah. What's important is making sure you have that product market fit and the messaging on your site and the content on your site resonates with your customer. And again, who's a, who's a good example you want us to go to that you know is a Shopify store? Oh, I mean, 50% of the internet with like when it comes to an actual brand is a Shopify store. Um, but th- there's no limitations on the designs on Shopify stores. I just want to tell you that at the beginning, your design doesn't really matter. It's all about your product market fit and how you're marketing. Okay. But say, let's, 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 let's get on from that. Like, let's go past that. You build out a store. Um, you know you have product market fit and you have a little bit of a budget to invest. So I'll, I'll talk about the apps. And this is probably where a lot of people have that analysis paralysis mm. Of like, what app do I use? Yeah, because they all say they're going to work, and they're the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. All right. So I'll tell you the tech stack that we like to use at Electric Eye. So this is the this is the stack that we like to use for all of our clients that come in. And where we come in usually is people are either heading towards that million dollar mark or passing it, uh, and they want us to come in and help design and build out the systems and kind of use our tech stack to really optimize and help them grow. So these are the things we literally use. And, you know, there's no secret sauce here. Uh, So first things first, for email marketing and for that automation stuff I was talking about, we are huge, huge, huge fans of an app called Klaviyo. Spell that for me. K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. Now, here's the thing. People are going to be like, this one's more expensive than MailChimp. Yeah, that's that you're going to be they're stepping over a dollar to pick up a dime on that one. The automations pay for themselves. Okay. And again, my, uh, if this is for people who are getting stuck. Stop getting stuck. Stop making uh, decisions. Here's the decisions. If you want to push past it, he's giving you his experience to push past it. Yeah. Um, so for, for, e- for email marketing, that's the one that we like to use. Uh, say if you're building a subscription business, that's not like an out-of-the-box feature of Shopify. Use Recharge. That's the one that we like to use. It's very robust. And if there is a weird thing you need, you have open API access to kind of get in there and solve for that. Okay. So something that isn't out of the box on Shopify is uh, like JSON LD. So like sending back some metadata to Google to kind of like show your stock levels uh, and your reviews. Some review apps include that. So the one, one of the, re- and the, the built-in review app with Shopify, we're not a huge fan of, uh, but we do like judge.me. Uh, we also like Yatpo. I don't know if I'm saying that right. No one ever does. Uh, but there's there's two solutions there. Figure out which one you like better uh, for kind of using reviews when, once you get to that state. Uh, and reviews are very powerful. That social proof is super powerful. Uh, so once you kind of get those first, you know, sales under your belt, that's a, that's a good app to start to look into to build up that social proof on your product. Very cool. Um, so another thing is... Uh, all these apps in the ecosystem with Shopify, it's there's so many apps because Shopify focuses on what they do at the core, which is sell products on a like a platform. So they allow the app ecosystem to solve for specifics. Um, so once you build your site, you're going to realize that there's a lot of features you see on other sites that aren't included in yours out of the box. Um, one of those features, which is actually really going to help you, uh, is you want to get like a good filtering system and a good searching like a smart search you never been on a website you type in red and it's like red shirt red blouse red pant but you see it automatically pops up those actually help with conversion rates especially on mobile nobody wants to browse through a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. on mobile they just want to type it in people are lazy they want to get there fast Uh, so those smart search solutions really work 
Uh, one that we like to use is uh, there's product filter and search is a good one. And another one's called search and eyes. Okay. So that's definitely going to help you with like uh, some conversion issues on on mobile. Um, uh, I got a few more here. Uh, so uh, like re rewards programs and loyalty programs. Uh, there's two that we like to use. Uh, one's called Smile.io. So that'll help you with like uh, you know like a points-based system for loyalty or rewards after a certain a certain uh, you know s sale or whatnot. Uh, so that's cool to kind of help build more touch points with your customer, which are always important, important, but also like give them a reason to kind of be on your list and, and keep stick around and keep buying stuff, uh, you know, give them rewards. Love it. All right. And, you know, as I sit and I think I'm listening to this, I mean, this is a legit business. All these things that you're describing, is that is that what you would say? I mean, I'm going to cut you off. Sorry. But is that what you would say is the difference between, you know, the average site and the outliers, this stuff here, paying attention to this stuff? I think the difference between the average site and the outliers is putting in the work. <laughs> and you're going to tell me it's really good content again, right? Isn't yeah, it? it's that. And I mean, uh, oftentimes people end up with a stack that's very similar to this. And hey, I'm telling you, these are the ones I like. You might have one that you like better. And that's fine. As long as it solves the problem you have within your business and it works for your customer, that's all that matters. Don't go change your tech stack. If you already have all this built and it's working, don't go change anything unless you're not using Clavio. I'd highly recommend using that one. <laughs> all right. Uh, is there any more? Uh, just it's kind of like it's kind of like Clavio. Um, nowadays, people are especially with Shopify, you can check out instead of your email, you can use your cell phone. Uh, and now there's people building automation platforms that are texting based. Mm. So we've used we've used a few in the two that we like. There's one called PostScript, and then there's another one called SMS Bump. SMS Bump. I just so here's the thing. Was my bump. Yeah, here's the thing. I now you've got a list of these twelve awesome apps, right? I don't want you to use them until you have sales because <laughs> they're expensive. They all they all cost money, and you need to slowly introduce them into your business. And understand them, and you know some of them do require some systems around them. Wait, are they given in order what you put uh, importance? I mean, are you saying the first place you want to start, the first place to add into your business is email marketing? And that so would that would be first, and then okay. there wasn't, then there was no order after that. Okay. I would say email is really important. Reviews are really important. I think that uh, I would until you are starting to see some more sales, and you can invest in some stuff. Um, I don't think that, uh, you know, text marketing or rewards program is going to make or break anything. These are things you should think about way down the line. Okay. Um, I think that email is definitely super important from the gate. And then reviews are going to be good for that social proof. Is, are so there... let's, go back to, let's go back to building that store, though, first. Mm -hmm. And how I said, you can just get launched with debut and get, get going. Once you kind of start to see some sales coming in, then I'd say, all right, invest into your site. So if you want to have a little bit better design of your website uh you know there's a premium theme uh area of shopify where you can go and find some cool themes and then there's some other ones that are on sites called pixel union is one that's awesome and out of the sandbox uh, so those are themes that you can download so it's, a, it's just a design for your store uh, so it can just elevate the look and feel of your store and some of those themes come with uh a few extra features that are really cool um, i know some of them actually nowadays come with smart search solutions uh, the ones I recommended, though, were a little more robust. Uh, but, you know, 
for your first phase of it, you could just use the one that's caked into a theme. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, we've been talking almost an hour, and somebody really, if they have the right product, right, or if they have a product and they've done their proof of concept on Amazon, we're talking within a few months, if he follow or she follows this advice, they've got a real viable brand. I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, think about that. Does that, I mean, that just didn't exist. You know what it would have taken for Levi's to create Levi's back in the day? I mean, think about that. And yet so today, work. yeah, and yet today you have companies, uh, clothing companies that are created that have levels of success. Maybe they don't have a Levi level of success, but how many brands have gone away while Levi's sustained? Um, and yet they've been able to do this in a short period of time. Dude, oh, you get me excited. You get me pumped. I'm going to have you uh, look at my Shopify, stuff. Shopify is amazing. Uh, just to kind of harp on how much we like them, their ecosystem is really cool. Uh, we're, we're experts. We're partners with Shopify. Shopify is really supportive of the community. Um, you know, they sponsor meetups in local areas. So go and try to see if there's a Shopify meetup in your area. Um, I know of I know of meetups in Chicago, Denver, Columbus, Ohio, Atlanta, Georgia, San Diego, uh, L.A., New York, Boston, uh, Toronto. You know, if you want to get out and meet meet people in the ecosystem, you know, that's really cool. And those people have seen all the issues and challenges you're up against, and that's the place to get it solved, right? Because they've already, oh, yeah, here's how you do that, right? They've yeah, you're going to be in a, in a room full of people that are in various levels of dealing with the problems that you have. Mm, dude. Um, Honest e-commerce is the podcast, uh, just Honest e-commerce, uh, weekly podcast, um, and it's chase at electriceye.io if somebody wants more information. But go check out electriceye.io because just check out the blog post alone, and you're going to learn a, a tremendous amount. Dude, I, I thank you so much. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I'm excited to see what you do next because uh, it sounds like you're pretty busy. But it's very cool to me that you're helping these small brands really be successful. I just, it, it's very exciting, and they're doing it on their own. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's very, very fun. It, it, the best part about it is I learned all these cool things about the industries, you know. So I'm always learning. Uh, but the cool thing about e-commerce is it kind of goes back to being, you need to use these same systems. And it, it just goes back to being having a system mentality, and that's the only way to scale. Content production system. I love that term. I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great guy. A lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of experience. And again, I'm, I'm taken back on this content production system. Just putting that in place. Determine what it is. And then repurpose, repurpose, repurpose in many different ways. And one of the cool parts of the conversation was about using YouTube. You don't have to make it exactly the same as what your written blog post is. Don't. Make it something different and refer them back to each other and refer back to you. And most of all, create that email list. Love it, love it, love it. Reach out to him if you uh, want to learn more. Um, I think he's got a wealth of information. Check out his podcast, honestecommerce.com, honestecommerce. And he is uh, electriceye.io. Ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.